This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. Today's show is brought to you in part by Liquid Web. We sure know that there's a lot of choice when it comes to hosting your WordPress site. Liquid Web is the managed WordPress partner you've been waiting for. Whether you're a business owner, an agency, or a freelancer, Liquid Web has you covered when it comes to performance, uptime, and ease of site management. And one of the things we love most? When your content goes viral, Liquid Web doesn't charge you more for huge spikes in traffic. Transparent pricing, no surcharges. Liquid Web is offering Hallway Chats listeners 33% off for the first three months. Go to liquidweb.com and use the coupon code HALLWAYCHATS, all one word, to sign up. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 47. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Pam Angst. Pam is the owner of Pam Ann Marketing and Stealth Search and Analytics. Both offer SEO, PPC, and analytics services. Pam loves the outdoors. She lives in northern New Jersey with her boyfriend and 18-year-old daughter. Welcome, Pam. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. Hi, Pam. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, more than what we heard from Tara? Sure. So, um, as she said, I live in northern New Jersey, and I, I do love the outdoors, so camping and hiking and fishing, or just sitting outside, uh, being out in the in nature. I love that personally. Uh, Work-wise, I am the owner of Paman Marketing and Stealth Search and Analytics. I have been we've been in business for about seven years now. And both companies are kind of sister companies of sorts. So both do the same thing, but for different audiences. Through Pam Ann Marketing, we work directly with established businesses and nationwide brands that want to take their search and analytics strategies to the next level. And through Stealth, we do SEO, PPC, and analytics services on a private label basis through other marketing agencies that want to offer such services to their clients without hiring employees to do so. That's interesting. What, which one um, is the older of the two? Which one's, What was the first one that you started? Pam Ann Marketing is the original. Okay. Stealth is a recent addition. Um, less than a year now, we came out with that sister company to offer the same services, uh, but on a totally different basis, on a stealth basis, a <laughs> flying under the radar basis where we do them on a private label um, structure through other companies kind of making it look like they're doing it. Yeah, I love that name and and the the service that you're offering as an agency owner myself and learning enough analytics and SEO stuff I can really relate to agencies that are looking to white label that for their clients because you don't want to keep outsourcing it but on the other hand you don't have the resources and expertise to do it at a high level internally. So that's a really great service that you're offering. Yeah, we try to uh, customize it as best we can because I think that, with, and that's why I call it private label as opposed to white label. It's, yeah. um, I don't know if that means a difference to everyone else, but to me, it's, there's a little bit of a connotation with white labeling services that it's just this preset cookie cutter package 
of things done a certain way that you just put your stamp on. And we're trying to be much more custom than that and, and try to bridge that divide between that, you know, white labeling, slapping your name on something that you have no control over or fully taking control and hiring employees for it. We're trying to bridge that gap and be somewhere in the middle where we'll, we'll customize things and do things the way that the agency needs them done. So it looks like their way, right. and, uh, but not have to fully hire employees and bring that fully in-house. Nice. What? Well, let's go back a little bit further in time and how you got started in this field. And also um, as it relates to WordPress, um, if you work with uh, all different platforms or if you're focused on WordPress. Sure. Um, So to go way back in time, uh, as early as six years old, I started playing with computers. My first computer was a Commodore 64. And uh, as opposed to, I guess, what most people, most kids would do, which is just pop in the games the moment they get something like that, I started playing with the programming examples in the manual, where if you just typed in the three pages of example code that they gave you, something would happen, a little ball would bounce around the screen or some horrible music would play. And uh, I was just drawn to that kind of stuff right away. And so the moment we got dial-up internet in the house in the late 90s, I started coding websites in HTML because I was fascinated with that kind of stuff. And so that's what I did for fun in high school as the total computer nerd that I was and still am. (laughs) So that's the very beginning of how I got into this kind of thing. Uh, And then my first real job was as an administrative assistant for a small company. I think they were actually still calling it secretary then. Um, And it was so funny. I literally had one hand in each world. So in front of me, there was a a desk with a computer. And so this was in 2001. And it was a small company, but they did have a website. So that was pretty forward thinking of them to already have a website at that time. Uh, So in front of me was a desk with a computer, the company website. They had a computerized accounting system. But behind me was a desk with a typewriter, and a dictaphone, and an old school green ledger book that I had to duplicate all of the computerized accounting entries by hand in pencil in two copies of the ledger book because they didn't trust the computerized <laughs> accounting software yet. So, so I could turn around, I could, I could kind of have one hand on each desk, one hand in each world of bridging between like the old way of doing things in an office and the new way. So with that uh, experience, that they had a website and they needed it updated and maintained. And I was handy with that kind of stuff as well as I would build and fix computers for fun too in high school. So uh, I became the resident tech support slash webmaster who would just be responsible for anything to do with the tech in the office. And so I got my experience with uh, more experience, I guess my first professional experience with websites, I'd been creating for fun before that, but then I worked with them in a work capacity starting in 2001 and I was at that company for a long time. And a couple of years later, 2005, they decided they wanted to add an online store to their website. E-commerce was here to stay by then and their competitors were doing it. It was kind of a, if you can't beat them, join them kind of a thing. And so they were like, we want a shopping cart on our website. I was like, sure, 
that's right up my alley. I'll figure out how to do that. So I found some open source shopping cart software. It was OS Commerce at the time. And I put that up there and figured out how to configure it and everything. I was so, so excited. I sent everyone an email when we launched it and said, we're live. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> Except nobody came. <laughs> so that's really how I learned, started learning trial by fire, how to do SEO and other website traffic driving tactics with AdWords and so on. And that's, I just continued to do so for them for several years and got really good at it. That uh, store that I built for that company was only supposed to be like a side thing. They just had a handful of products they wanted to put up there. It wasn't like a core part of the business, but I found a target audience that was out there for the products that they didn't know was out there. So I started tuning all the marketing and messaging and even the product line towards that audience and kind of spun off into this whole new department of the company that never really existed before and ended up having its own staff and warehouse space. And I became responsible for not just driving traffic to the website, but managing our competitive pricing strategies and integrating backend technologies so that we didn't have to hand type a shipping label for every order that was coming in and things like that. So it was great experience. I I morphed into becoming an e-commerce manager. It was kind of like building my own web-based business from the ground up, but without my own financial risk. So it was was a great learning experience. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Whenever you can learn on other people's money, it's great. (laughs) But I... At that, and that was actually my first exposure to WordPress because at first I was just focusing on SEO and AdWords primarily and comparison shopping engines, some email marketing, but social media and blogging were still evolving for how small business were using them then. But it was definitely, you know, by around 2000, I think it was 2009 ish that I realized this was also here to stay and we needed a blog. And so on this, uh, e-commerce platform that we had at the time, which was an ASP.net platform. By then, it ultimately got changed from OS Commerce. I needed a blog, and so I found WordPress. And I put that on there, and I ran it side-by-side on a Windows server, (laughs) which was quite the adventure to to configure, but I figured it out. And um, I ran WordPress next to the e-commerce platform so that we could have a blog and then start putting those articles out on social media. And and WordPress was really kind of a catalyst that led me into learning about social media to get the the blog articles out there. And uh, so that was, you know, pretty instrumental. WordPress was pretty instrumental in my involvement as an e-commerce manager. And after I worked for that company, I went to another company where I worked uh, in-house as an e-commerce manager, same kind of a thing, e-commerce store, WordPress blog. Again, you know, use WordPress for a lot of the organic SEO and traffic driving efforts on the blog articles. And I had some successes in that position too that led to people asking me for interviews like from trade publications, even Internet Retailer Magazine interviewed me, which you could have knocked me over with a feather when they wanted to talk to me <laughs> because they, they interview the, the Jeff Bezos of the world. And, uh, but I was interviewed there. It was totally awesome. And uh, it was about driving traffic to websites in a B2B environment. And um, so that was awesome. And with that kind of attention, people started to say to me, wow, you really know this stuff. Do you do consulting work on the side? Even my day job boss was like, my brother has a company and he needs more website traffic. Can you help him? <laughs> and I was like, 
sure. I started to get these requests for projects without even really trying. Um, and Twitter played a huge role in that too. I was doing a lot of networking on Twitter, kind of establishing myself as a, a expert there, getting to know people through Twitter chats and whatnot, talking about SEO and whatnot. And um, they started to trust my, my expertise and started to refer business to me. So I, without... Um, really even trying to intentionally, I ended up having a, a side company. <laughs> and at, at some point, I did start trying intentionally to grow that company. And, and it didn't take too long, about a year in of having this uh, company on the side, I realized I have like 10 clients. This is not a side gig yeah. <laughs> anymore. I have a real company and something's got to give. So that's when I transitioned from having a day job into having my own company full time. What a great case study. Wow. It must be really rewarding and gratifying to see that you started out as a, a air quote secretary and then you <laughs> basically built a whole division of a company. That is a great story. Yeah, it was very cool. I mean, I, I don't I certainly don't take credit for all of it. It was a group effort and it kind of I, it happened almost accidentally, but I just kept running with it and learning more and more and more. And um it, it turned out to be an excellent learning experience. And now that I have my own company, I have stuck with WordPress as one of our preferred, actually not one of our, our absolutely preferred platform. We do work with other platforms if we have to, but we try not to have to. <laughs> it's just so much harder when it's really an open source versus non-open source thing as far as when you need to make a lot of technical adjustments to appease Googlebot and there's limitations on what you can do in any platform that's not open, especially now with all this site speed tuning and how that's part of SEO. That, a lot of that happens at the server level. So you can't do that on a closed platform. So it, it's really an open versus closed thing, the reason why we prefer WordPress. But since WordPress is so greatly supported by such an enormous worldwide community, it, it makes it even easier on WordPress versus any other open platform to keep up with Google's demands. Because as soon as Google says that they want something, it's usually a matter of weeks at most before the WordPress community comes out with a solution. You know, AMP, for example, didn't take very long as soon as Google said, we want you to have this new thing called AMP. And the WordPress community just responded. And there's really that's completely unmatched by any other CMS that's out there, that level of support and community and uh, responsiveness to Google's demands. Yeah, and it's not just Google. Uh, just in my own business, having a client who uh, has a is part of a bigger partnership, and and the partnership has a website that's on a proprietary system by uh, just a small firm. And you know, well, should we switch to WordPress? I mean, don't switch because of me, but switch because of the control and the versatility and the scalability. And as you just noted, Pam, you know, when 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 GDPR comes out, when Google changes, when some other significant player on the internet says, "Guess what, everybody, all change," uh, it's really hard to change in a proprietary system where there are not millions and millions of people willing to pitch in and say, "Okay, let's make it better." That's a that's a great way to tie back to WordPress. I'm I'm interested. In, in in hearing your thoughts, if I can change gears a little bit, on at what point did you appreciate that Pam and Marketing could use a sister company, and how did you decide the shape and 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 impetus to to move forward with with stealth search and analytics? How did that come about? 
Sure. So a couple of things drove that. First of all, I think I'll just clarify this so that this will all make sense. Um, through Payment Marketing, we don't actually design or develop what websites. We kind of more like an architect. We dictate how they should be built from both a technical and content perspective, you know, what keywords should be on which page and what elements should be there as far as the technical optimizations, but we don't build it ourselves. We don't build websites. So part of the catalyst for starting Stealth was that since we're, we're not in full control of the website, we can make a lot of recommendations, but we're not in control to execute them and bring them to life. And that's a tricky thing when someone's coming to us and paying us for SEO services, they want results. So it's like, I'm writing you a check for SEO. You're responsible for my SEO, get me results. And we absolutely know how to do that, but we we're not in control of doing that and making sure that they get results. We have to rely on their developers or designers or their content writers or whoever we pull in as a recommendation for the project. Sure. sure. And that doesn't always work perfectly. So part of it was fueled by that frustration um, so that we could get, we wanted to be able to get pickier with who we work with directly, making sure that they're the right fit, that they have a really good development team who's really open to executing on our recommendations, same with the content writers. And as far as people who don't have those resources in place, kind of rather just work under another agency where we'll, if you only need a couple of things done, uh, only want a couple of things tweaked. If we're working through another agency, that's all we're expected to do. That's all they're looking at us to do is, can you just give us keywords for these five pages because we have five new pages on this site and that's it. And that's all we want. Sure. But if, you know, working directly with the client, they're expecting like big results and traffic changes and whatnot. And we can only get that if we are in full force with all the right puzzle pieces in place and the other partnerships. Otherwise we just, we can do those smaller tweaks and whatnot if they're needed, but we'd rather just do that through another agency and work with the agency. So it's basically about, you know, making the, the art and client happy. And we would just get so many requests from other agencies. Like, can you just help us with this one part of this project we're stuck on? We're not sure how to code this to make it as SEO friendly as possible. And so sure, we'll, we'll help you with just that one little thing because, you know, that'll make it make your life easier. So I guess it's actually not only just about private labeling and them being able to offer the services. It's also just about helping them only with what they need as far as SEO goes, because they, the client, their clients are expecting to get an SEO friendly website in the end. And a lot of these agencies are, are very capable of getting it very close, but they might run into something they're stuck on. And so we just kind of help them get past that and move on. So we would get a lot of requests from agencies and we also wanted to get a little pickier with who we work with directly and making sure that it's the right DNA of relationships that we can get results by only doing our architecting instead of being and not being in full control. Right, right. That makes sense. I'm going to um, change gears a little bit, although everything that you've talked about might relate to this question, which is the question we ask everyone, which is um, how you define success, Pam either personally, professionally, a combination of the two, what does success mean to you? 
Sure. Um, I had to think about that quite a bit when uh, I knew you were going to ask me about that because there's a lot of different ways in which I define success. So um, I'm trying to find running themes. I think the running theme professionally is helping demystify SEO and analytics for clients, whether that end client be a company we're working with directly or another agency. The sense of relief that they express after we've demystified some of this for them is so gratifying. It's, it's, it is hard stuff to conceptualize. The SEO is very, very complex and analytics too, and, and, but so important, so crucial, yet so complex and hard to understand. So I get great satisfaction out of any situation with anyone in which our team can demystify that for someone and make it make sense to them. I've been told, I guess I have a knack for breaking down the breaking down complex concepts into much more understandable terms. And that sense of relief that people get after I do that is just so incredibly rewarding. So I guess that's the running theme professionally throughout everything that I do and that we do as a team is like, that's, that's our end game. We really enjoy giving people that sense of relief, like, oh, this makes sense. Now we know exactly what we need to do. It's not a big mystery and it's not overwhelming anymore. And personally, I think um, it's just become, my definition of success has changed a bit. When I first started my company, of course, I was all about success in terms of growth and uh, we did have a lot of growth at first, which was excellent. But now I'm looking at it like, how much more do I want to grow as far as getting bigger? And how does that play into work-life balance and making sure that I can still enjoy the things in life that I enjoy personally, like spending a lot of time camping when it's nice out and bike riding and things like that. And that's all very important. So now I'd say you know, success for me personally is about maintaining a good work-life balance where I've got a good chunk of my life that's dedicated to that professional goal and it provides just what I need to take care of my needs and my family's needs, but also have time to enjoy life. Life is so incredibly short in the grand scheme of things. And I think it's really important to enjoy it now and not make that a goal for now and not leave that a, a goal for later. I love the, my goals have changed. And as I think about this, I realize they've changed over time uh, to roughly paraphrase what you said. I think that's really interesting, that idea that as we walk through our, our journeys of life and that which matters today doesn't matter tomorrow. And two days from around the road, we look back, we said, why did that first thing ever matter in the, to me at all? How did, how did, how was that relevant at all? That's re- That's really, that's really interesting. And, and the other thing that, that resonated with me, and I wanted to ask you a question about it, was the the value and joy and professional satisfaction you got from taking the mystification of SEO and breaking it down for clients to the point where they understand and, and you probably feel that you're more of a partner and less of a consultant at that point because you're you're able to speak in a common language. And I wonder, going back to how you got into the job you have now, the, the business you own now, uh, where you know you started in high school, well, even at age six with the Commodore 64 and then HTML sites in high school and then taking on various technological tasks for that company that you worked at until eventually you're building an e-commerce site and helping the market and grow division. How much of your ability to 
break complex concepts down in digestible elements. How, how closely does that relate to the way that you approach learning complex tasks, learning something new technical? How does, how does that interplay come about for you? Well, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure I've ever really thought of it in quite that way. I It's actually a recent revelation of my own that that's really what I do for a living. It just so happened that over the past couple of months, a couple of different people have, have said to me in almost the same way, they've complimented me on my ability to break down complex things in an understandable way. And I kind of, I try not to be an egotistical person. So I kind of really never wanted to toot my own horn about too much of anything, but I realized like maybe that's really my thing and that is a strength and that's something I should play up and focus on and just own it and run with it. And the more I've been thinking about that in the past couple of months, I realized that's definitely a running theme throughout everything that I've uh, been able to do so far with growing this company or even before that, it, that that's always instrumental, even if it's um, you know, an internal thing, someone who's working in-house, they need to convince the bosses to embark upon a project a certain way. Now it's we work with all these other um, partnerships where there's different design teams from different copywriting teams and, and then the client and then us and trying to get everybody on the same page is a really crucial part of everything and breaking it down into understand it so that everyone, everyone's literally on the same page once mm. everyone has the same level of understanding about something. So as far as how I learn new things, um, I guess I kind of do that for myself in my own head. And if something is really perplexing to me, I, uh, I'll break it down and, and learn one piece of it at a time and then come out with a, a simplified key takeaway from it. For I guess the most recent example would be site speed. Google has taken site speed into account for several years now on the desktop algorithm. But as of July, they're going to incorporate it into the mobile algorithm and mobile accounts for over 50% of searches. So this is going to be a much bigger thing than it used to be and much more important than it used to be. So I had over the years just almost by osmosis absorbed quite a bit about what makes a website load fast. But now I'm in a position where we need to guarantee that our clients' websites meet very stringent speed requirements, you know, three seconds or less total page load time, which is not easy and that's something that I've had to dig in and learn really quickly and was very, very confusing to me at first. Once you get down to the level of things like render blocking JavaScript and how exactly caching works and the different types of caching, object caching, and so on. Um, so I've been just kind of trying to break it down for myself. I made a list. I broke it down into an outline of all the different pieces that were confusing to me and then went and researched each piece one at a time until I got to a point where I was like, okay, so this is why this matters. And this is the level we need to get it to in order to, in order for it to affect all the other pieces. And I guess, so I guess, I don't know, in short to answer your question, I guess I kind of do that for myself internally first. Yeah. And then I just relay it to the world the way that I broke it down for myself. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen you um, at a lot of WordCamps lately. So it's also something that you're not just sharing with your clients, but with the WordPress community. So your involvement in the WordPress community, would you say that's grown as a result of this 
desire, passion, discovery for your ability to translate these complex things like analytics, boil them down to something that's easy for people, easier to understand? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's definitely related as well. My involvement in the WordPress community and speaking at a lot of WordCamps, I do kind of get, even before I was so distinctly aware of it in my own head, that I do get kind of a a rush out of doing that for people and breaking complex things down into understandable terms. And that's really what presenting at a WordCamp is all about. I really want to make sure that the attendees walk away with a better understanding of whatever topic it was I was talking about. And they, and when they do, they get that sense of relief and they come up to me and thank me afterwards. And that's, right. that's exactly what fuels me to do that. It's, it's very, very rewarding. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to um, when you were talking about success and you mentioned um, sort of not just work-life balance, but this idea of, is growth really what you want? You you reach a point where you realize that you could keep growing, but that would be a change from what you are. So it sounds like you have a team, you have some people working with you. Um, But I know as you, as you grow and you get a bigger team that, that extends your risk, it changes the way that you operate your business. So what do you see for the future do you see yourself maybe transitioning to more of a educational role, turning yourself into like a lot of people have done uh, once they sort of reach their max um, bandwidth that they can do themselves or without having to add a team, then they start doing online learning or different kinds of classes. So have you considered that or what is your sort of future goal? Yes, absolutely. Have considered that. Can't say exactly what the end and future goal looks like because as we mentioned, goals change over time. So I really only set goals usually one year at a time. And so that is actually the goal for this year is to start creating um, educational material that people can access a bit more easily if they can't come see me at a WordCamp. And I can only do so many live webinars at a time. So I want to start creating recorded video content that people, courses that people can take on their own time and continue, expand the reach of that mission of bringing people tools that can help them break complex topics down into much more understandable uh, terms with actionable takeaways that they understand they can do right now. And so I guess what I envision is sort of a third division for us. I do have a team already, a team of five and a half of us that um, we do you know, a great job at executing on the work that we have. And I think it's the right level of work. And I don't know that I want to take that team and turn it into a team of 10 or 20. I just think that is it's just a whole different animal. We're like, we're right-sized right now. We're just at the right size for to handle the amount of business that we need to keep us going. And I like that the way it is for the Pam Am marketing and stealth part of things. So I, uh, I envision a third category that will be for expanding the reach of our educational content through courses exactly as you described. Um, most likely I'll go with, we do have a site um, where we experimented with some of that called webtrafficcontroller.com. It's not live right now, so don't look at it right now, but we do have it. And I'm thinking of reviving that as kind of the third 
segment of our business. So we'll have Panorama Marketing for working with established companies and bigger teams. We'll have Stealth for working with agencies. And then we'll have Web Traffic Controller for all those small businesses, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs that need help learning this stuff, um, but need to do so in an accessible, affordable way like online video courses. That's great branding. I love the connection to the Pan Am. You come up with great names. Yes, I was, I'm jealous. <laughs> I really don't take credit for that. It happens accidentally, as we talked about before. I named it Pam Ann Marketing just because I wasn't going to name it Pam Unkst Marketing. I used my middle name, but it rolled off people's tongues as Pan Am. And that spawned the whole airline aviation themed branding that we have just kept running with. That is awesome. Let me let me ask you a, a different question. What's the single most valuable piece of advice, be it personal, professional, or otherwise, or both, that you've ever received and implemented in your life? Okay. That is a very tough question, too, because there's so much, again. But I think... For me, mine's a very personal answer because I, something we haven't touched upon yet, I struggle a lot with perfectionism. I really like to cross every T and dot every I and pay attention to every detail and get everything exactly right all of the time. But that's not realistic, especially when running a business and especially in SEO and analytics. They're such complex topics, so many moving pieces. You can't get every single one perfect and move forward with a project working on aiming for perfection will stall things so i think for me one of my biggest um, most valuable pieces of advice someone has given me is that my 80 percent what i consider only 80 percent good enough is probably most likely other people's 120 (laughs) percent like they'll (laughs) when i think i've underdone most other people will probably think I've overdone and they'll yeah. be more than happy with whatever we've done. So that's been huge for me. And I keep it and try to keep it in mind all the time because it's, it's just too easy to get stalled in what we do if we don't just say good enough and keep going. Yeah. Perfection is the enemy of the good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but it's it's also like being a perfectionist by nature is has lended to our success too. Sure. Yeah. Because that's that's what enables me to dig into something so deep until I've really fully figured it out and then figured out a way to explain it to everyone else. And I just don't stop until I get there. Yeah. Um, so it's something I have to embrace and suppress at the same time. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's hard to know. It's hard to know when that eighty percent is acceptable because it doesn't feel right to you. And so you can remind yourself, but then you think, oh, well, am I just saying that, you know, am I just getting myself off a little bit, um, slacking off? <laughs> I think I struggle with that too. I can understand. Yes. Yes. So part of it too real is, story is exactly part of it, I guess it's also learning to trust myself that, yeah. you know, I, I've done good enough. And even though it doesn't, I, even though the perfectionist side of my brain doesn't think it's good enough, there's this other side of me that now has been there, done that, been through this routine on so many projects with so many things that I'm just going to trust myself that it's good enough and I can move forward. <laughs> and speaking of good enough, but moving forward, we are actually officially over and out of time. Uh, it's been a great conversation and clearly one that we could continue for many uh, a longer hour. But Pam, thank you much for joining us. 
today. It was an absolute pleasure to hear about you and uh, hear about your business and some of the amazing work you're doing and uh, the, the balances that you're trying to achieve. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was Thanks awesome. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Pam. It's great to see you. Likewise. Appreciate it. Pam, before we say officially goodbye to you, will you let people know where they can find you online, please? Sure. PamAnnMarketing.com and StealthSearchAndAnalytics.com are the easiest places and all these social medias associated with that. Great. Sure. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.